Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tuesdays with Thomas. I'm your host, Thomas Acosta. I'm currently the president of the Shasta Christian Church up here in Redding, California. Uh, we're going to get to today's lesson here in just one second. But first, I want to thank you guys for last week's uh, get well wishes. Uh, I told you last week that I was battling um, sort of a sore throat. I was kind of losing my voice there for uh, a minute. But I'm back. I'm ready to go, ready to shout praises to God, ready to give thanksgiving to God. I know that a lot of us here in the United States and around the world are going to be celebrating the holiday here in the next couple of days. And my encouragement to you and to anybody listening uh, is that uh, try to think about the things that you're grateful for this holiday season. I know it's a cliche. We say it around this time of year, every single year. Uh, but I think given everything that's happened over the past you know, few months, uh, it's been a crazy year, uh, as I've noted here on the show, uh, in the past, uh, I think now more than ever is a time to reflect, reflect on the goodness. There's going to be plenty of bad and plenty of negative to focus on later on. But when it comes to the holiday season, I would, I would encourage you to consider all the good things in your life. And, you know, you may be in a place where you say, Thomas, I, I can't do that because I don't see, I don't see anything good. Um, be that as it may, you're alive, you're walking, you're talking. As long as you're alive, you still have a shot. So always remember that. Even though you may be down in the dumps now, as long as it's called the day, you have a shot. You have a chance. You have an opportunity to be the best version of yourself through God's power. So just consider that as we go through not only this week, but through the holiday season. Um, I, I want to throw out the email there for you guys just in, case, uh, just in case you've missed it over the past couple of episodes. I have a prayer list going on. And it's a private prayer list. It's a discreet prayer list. Uh, so if you have any prayer requests or you need or you, you know someone who needs some sort of special prayer request, you can go ahead and send them over to TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. That's TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. Again, it is 100% confidential, 100% discreet. Uh, it is a prayer list, but I've also received some some questions, some spiritual questions, um, some of which we'll get to here on later episodes. Uh, so I've gotten questions, I've, I've gotten um, people asking me for all sorts of advice, uh, asking for prayers, obviously. So uh, just keep that email address handy and use it as you see fit. Okay, so we're going to dive into the lesson this week. I feel like there is a big responsibility that we have as Christians or anyone who is in a relationship with God, there is a responsibility to share the good news. And I think when it comes to this topic, there could be a lot of mixed feelings on how we do that. Maybe depending on what congregation you go to, maybe there, there are some, maybe there's different approaches that different congregations have to sharing the good news. I've always been the proponent and of the belief that you share your life. You don't share the fact that you go to church. If you're going out and you're reaching out to people and you're inviting them to church, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think if we change our approach here, instead of inviting people to a building, why not invite them into our lives? And I think as a, I think as a Christian or anyone who's seeking God, we have a responsibility to do that. Because when we're exposed to God and His goodness and His love and His grace and His forgiveness, I think we have an obligation to share that with everybody else. Because if we don't, then, we're, then we could be selfish. 
we can say me, 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 God is all mine and I'm, I'm going to bask in his goodness. I'm going to bask in his blessings and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody about it. Um, I know that is not our heart, uh, but I think our actions at times can show that. And I think it's because we try to invite people to a church building as opposed to inviting people into our lives and into our hearts and into our families. So we're going to take a look at a scripture here. A lot of you listening to this right now are very familiar with this scripture. Uh, some of you, you may be hearing it for the first time. Some of you have, have probably heard it and really didn't give it much thought. So we're going to break it down here in Matthew 28. Let's go over there right now. You know, I got an email the other day that said, Thomas, every time you read out a scripture, you always wait to go to it. How come you just don't have it ready? Well, we are a professional operation, so just bear with me here. Okay. Matthew 28, verse 18. Now, before I read this, if you, if you go back a ways, back, back when Jesus uh, was crucified and he rose from the dead, or excuse me, when he was crucified, he, he shouted... He shouted the words, the famous phrase, it is finished. You can see that in John chapter 19, verse 30. Well, what was finished exactly? Well, his obedience, Jesus obeying God and, 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 and obeying God's will, even though, you know, he was at the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he didn't really want, he really wanted that cup to be taken away. But he was obedient. He followed through. So that was finished. His suffering Obviously, the, the physical torture and beating that he received at the hands of the people around him, the Roman soldiers and the like. Um, so his suffering had ended. Uh, his victory over Satan was finished. He had victory over Satan. Satan did not get the best of him at that moment. I think that is such a powerful powerful perspective to know that Jesus as powerful as he was with a snap of a finger he could have ended all the torture he could have ended all the misery he could have saved the criminal on his left and on his right but that but that humility to not do anything to not display his power gave him victory over Satan he defeated sin and he's given us that same exact hope so, you know, God has called us to take this message to our generation. And the message begins where the redemption ended, which was at the cross. And I think, as I mentioned before, it is, it is a big responsibility for people who walk with God to make sure that we are sharing the good news and sharing our lives, not just the church, our congregation, but sharing our lives with people who want to know God. So with that, let's go over again to Matthew 28, verse 18, under the heading of the Great Commission. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Isn't that unbelievable? Jesus, Jesus raises from the dead. Oh my gosh, Jesus, you're back. You are back. You're, you're here. You were dead for a little bit, but now you're here. And they worshiped him. 
But isn't it crazy? It says here, some doubted. Even when the evidence is right in front of your face, it can be easy to doubt. I've been there. Can you guys relate? But that's the scene that's being painted in Matthew chapter 28. In verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So great. I just read to you what it is to make a disciple. Right? Okay, we're done. <laughs> okay, how does this look off script? Right? How does this look off the pages of the Holy Bible? What, what does that look for you? What does that look like for me? It looks different for everybody. But here are some fundamental truths that we read here in the scripture. First, he says, go. Go. That word, though only two letters, carries so much weight when spoken. And Jesus is telling us to go. It's a very, it's, it's a word that, that activates you. When you say, go! Go to the end zone, if you're, you know, if you're playing football. or Go over here! It's, it's a very, it's very direct. Does it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hide its intentions. Go. That's the first instruction we're given. Now, it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now, I could do, I could very easily do a four-week, five-week, however many long week study series on baptism. And I'd, throughout my walk with God, it's, it's been a very highly debated topic. I'm, I'm not going to get into it here this week, maybe later on, um, you know, when, I'm, when I record more lessons, we can dive in that a little later. But that's one of the, that's one of the things Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to baptize, to baptize people. Now, baptism is an outward expression that I belong to God and that I have full and complete allegiance to him. When we get baptized, we are dead to ourselves. We're dead to ourselves, but we're made alive in Christ. We have taken off the old self, and through the blood of Jesus, we have put on the new self through baptism. That's, that's inspiring. That something like that can have the ability, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it, it gives you the ability to do the same things that Jesus did. As a matter of fact, Jesus says that we'll do even greater things than these. We'll do greater things in this generation. That's from Jesus himself. But it's not just about allegiance or shouting a platitude or anything like that. Because it can be very easy to, to just say, yeah, I love God. I'm with God. You know, me and God, we're tight. And we just use that as words. And we just use that as a, as a way to proclaim that we're right with God. It's not merely just allegiance or, or, or shouting the catchphrases or shouting the platitudes. It's being active going out and teaching people how to be Christ-like. Now, of course, in order to do that, we ourselves have to be taught. We ourselves have to be taught by people who are older, a lot more mature. You don't have to be best friends with them, although a great friendship could blossom 
out of some sort of spiritual mentorship, which is what we're talking about here. There, there needs to be some sort of spiritual mentorship when it comes to making disciples, when it comes to baptizing people, reaching out to people, sharing our lives with people. There, there, needs, to be, there needs to be a partnership, a mentorship, because I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. We need each other. And that's one thing that I've learned in my 25 years. Of, of all the theological teachings that, that I've read and all the insights and perspectives that I've gained over the years, something, is so, something so simple as a friendship, something so simple as, as being loyal to someone and, and showing, you know, being patient, being loving, being kind, having, having the heart of Jesus, being humble. That goes a long way in your walk with God. But we got to be able to teach. We got to be able to teach them, but we cannot teach them until we ourselves are taught. The overall nature of this mission is to preach the gospel in such a way, with such fullness, that the people around us are made right with God through faith in Jesus and are transformed. That is, that, that, that is something so powerful, the opportunity that we have. The opportunity that we have to speak about God in such a way that it inspires someone else to follow God. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with influence. And I, I, grew, up, I grew up the youngest of four, where my word, quite honestly, wasn't really held in high regard. Because I was the youngest. The next oldest to me was, was, was five, years, five years older. And the gap between me and my oldest sibling was about 11 or 12 years. So anything that I said was like, ah, oh, you know, that's just Thomas. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a baby. He, he, he doesn't know. I didn't have a whole lot of influence in the house I grew up. I didn't, hold, I didn't have a whole lot of influence as soon as I left the house. Having influence... And speaking like this is something that I've had to battle with, something, something that I've struggled with. Thinking to myself, man, I don't, can I really inspire people? You know, can I get behind this mic right now and inspire people to follow God? I struggle with that on a daily basis. But what's incredible is that I have the opportunity to do that. I'm given the opportunity to teach people how to love God. People have been given the opportunity to teach me how to love God. That's an incredible, incredible opportunity. And I'm not in charge of their reaction and I'm not in charge of the way they're going to respond to me. But the fact that I even have the opportunity to preach on it, for me, that's enough. And I think what we need to realize and understand as brothers and sisters is the incredible opportunity we have to share this good news the the lives that can be changed by simply just saying hello I don't think we should take that for granted when it comes to all nations now when Jesus said this uh, there weren't nations like the United States or Brazil or Mexico or you know anything Canada or anything like that but he was referring to the nations of tribes that were in and around um, Israel at the time, which, or excuse me, uh, Jerusalem at the time, which was the, uh, you know, tribes like 
uh, the Mobites, uh, the Jebusites, etc. But it's incredible to think that in 2020, we can read this passage and think of the possibilities of a world that has almost 8 billion people. And you know, maybe that number is a little too big. Maybe it's a little too overwhelming. Well, why don't you break it down? Break down the demographics in your area. That's exactly what I did. I live in Shasta County. There's 180,000 people in this county alone. Half of them, over 90,000 of them, live in the city where I reside. That is an incredible opportunity. That is 90,000 souls. That is 90,000 people searching for God. Not that they're lost. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to twist the message here. By saying that they're finding God doesn't imply that they're lost. It's just that they're searching for God. They're searching for something. Some of it find it in God. I live here where, unfortunately, a lot of people find it in drugs. There's a big transient and homeless problem. And I know that we're not, we're not the only ones battling with it across the country. It's, it seems like homelessness... Has been running has been running rampant for the better part of a decade now, and it's, it's gotten in, uh, increasingly worse for a variety of different reasons: mental health, drug addiction, just an overall sense of, of hopelessness. People are searching in your area. You know, we have these uh, we have these sort of uh, pipe dreams and and fantasies of. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to evangelize the world. And I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm going to go to Brazil. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to go preach the word in China. Good luck with that. But maybe we need to focus at home. Maybe the focus needs to be in your own backyard, in your community, in your city, in your family, in your county. In order to attain something big, you have to work on the small things. To get to that big of a scale, you have to focus on the things that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Because it's very easy to say, hey, I'm going to go evangelize the world of 8 billion people, but yet completely ignore what is right in front of your face. Brothers and sisters, I would encourage you that if there is this passion to love God, to share his good news, we need to start in our homes and we need to start with our neighbors and within our community. Now, I'm not saying you can't have any sort of, you know, passion or, or any sort of goal to, to want to lead around the world. I think that's admirable. And I'll pray for you. It's a great goal to have. It's, it's, it's a great heart to have. But it has to start at home. It has to start within your community. Now, Jesus has the authority, right? At, in the very beginning. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's a pretty bold statement. There's no wiggle room. There, there, you can't misinterpret that. All authority in heaven and on earth was given to Jesus, period. There's no, there's no getting around that. Now, you may think to yourself, okay, because I know that I've thought this before. How can a mere mortal like myself walk into a culture and tell them, whether it be family work, school, whatever it is. I walk into a culture, people, who live a certain way. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be different from you, it doesn't matter, but they, they live a certain way and, and you want to share the good news of God. 
How are you going to do that? With your good looks? <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to convince anybody of my good looks or the way that I speak or anything like that. I don't have the authority. I don't have the authority. This, I mean, this should have our confidence at an all-time high. Jesus has the authority. We're just playing with house money at this point, right? I mean, if we don't have the authority and Jesus has all the authority, that leaves us room to love God as freely and as passionately as possible and not to worry about things like the way that we sound or the way that we look. And if you want to maintain those things, if you want to improve on those things, maybe you're someone like myself who's put on an extra pound or or, or 10 <laughs> during this pandemic and you want to improve your lifestyle or you want to, you know what, if you don't want full disclosure. One of the main reasons why I'm doing this podcast is to help myself try to find my voice, to try to find and, 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 and improve in the way that I present the good news to people. So there's nothing wrong with improving yourself, but the authority that we have is really no authority at all. Jesus has all the authority. He's the one and God is the one that can change people's hearts. You know, if you feel a certain way about looking like a fool for Christ, if you feel a certain way, maybe you feel embarrassed, maybe you feel ashamed. I've been there. Have you, have you guys been there? Maybe you feel a little apprehensive. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know what my mom's going to think. I don't know what my dad's going to think. I don't know what my family member's going to think. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm a Jesus freak. That's Satan getting in your mind. That is Satan working overtime in your head. It's unbelievable the things that we believe. There is still 8% of the U.S. population that believe Elvis Presley is still alive. Isn't that incredible? Like, if you go up to 8% of the people in this world, they are 100% convinced that Elvis Presley is alive, even though he's been dead for 40-plus years. And if you are concerned or afraid or anything like that, if there's apprehension on sharing the good news of Christ, I would also ask you to consider this. What I've seen here in this country and around the world, and I've seen it not just this year, but for generations, I've seen people stand up for some of the most sinful things imaginable and doing it with conviction, doing it with pride, doing it with no regrets, doing it freely. They don't care what people think. The people around them, they don't care about their reaction. They're just preaching off a of conviction, off of what they think is right. Brothers and sisters, how much more, how much more do you and I need to speak up? Not in a way that is brash, not in a way that is self-righteous, because it's very easy to cross that line between confidence and self-righteousness. And we have to be aware of that. And as brothers and sisters, we have to continue to pray that we know where that line is and that we don't cross that line because there's nothing worse than self-righteousness. There, there, there is nothing worse 
and nothing more demoralizing to someone that you're trying to reach out to than to make them feel that you're better than them. So when we share our faith, when we share our life, we have to do it with confidence. We have to do it with confidence. Why wouldn't you do it with confidence? You have God, you have hope, you have the blood of Jesus. What's not to be confident about? At this point, you're playing with house money because again, you don't have the authority to change their mind. You don't have the authority to change their heart. Only Jesus does. Only God does. That should free us from so much stress in such a stressful world that we live in. The fact that we don't have any authority and that it's all on God. It's all about the messenger. Or excuse me, it's all about the message and not the messenger. I think we should be encouraged by that. You know, we have a friend in Jesus. I know it's a it's cliche, and it's it. And to be honest with you, it, it sounded kind of cringy just even saying it now. But we do have a we do have a friend in Jesus. In all the godly, in all the way God works, in all the way, in all the ways that God works, we will always have a friend in Jesus. We will always have a partner in Jesus. He reminds us of that. He reminds us that he's always going to be with us. He's going to be with us to the very end of the age. If we do these things, if we go make disciples, share our life, not invite them to church, share our life with them. If we baptize them, if we're selfless and we're mentoring and we're praying with them and we're showing them scripture and we're receiving scripture and we're receiving prayer from the people in our lives, from the brothers and sisters in our lives, he's going to be with us to the very end of the age. He's never going to leave. He's always going to be here. The message, and I've said this before, the message According to Hebrews 13, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can walk away from the message as I have over the years. I can walk away from it. That doesn't take away the power of the message. The power of the message just didn't have an impact on my life at that time. The message never changes. God will not leave us. He will always be with us. He will be with us to the very end of the age brothers and sisters people who are listening to this right now it's gonna be very easy to get all into your feels as I like to say it to get all emotional around the holiday season they can go one of two ways uh, some people call it the silly season for good reason there there's this there's sort of this era or uh, aura of of helplessness, hopelessness, that comes with the holidays. I've been there. I've had holidays that have been very lonely. I've had holidays where practically no family was around. And I used to think back at those times and say, yeah, you know what, I appreciate my time alone. I appreciate, you know, the fact that I'm alone and I don't have, I don't have anyone to answer to and try to rationalize the good part about being alone on holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
But the truth was I was lonely. And I wasn't lonely because I didn't have any friends. I had plenty of them. I was lonely because I wasn't connected to God. My perspective on God was so skewed that I, I couldn't recognize his blessings. I couldn't recognize his love. I, I couldn't recognize the things that he had done for me, even though, even though it was right in front of my face. Again, the first part of Matthew 28. They worshiped him, but some doubted. I had blessings right in front of me, and I couldn't see it because my perspective with God had changed. There was doubt. Even though he was right there, he's, I, I knew he was there. I acknowledged him. He's there. He's working. He may be working other people's lives, but I don't know about me. I doubted. There are going to be people that you run into, not only today, not only in this holiday season, but throughout your life, that are searching, that feel hopeless. And our, our mistake, what we do, is we allow the outside and the materialistic to dictate. And we, we, we come up with this sort of conclusion all on our own. Well, oh, they have it all together. They got the white picket fence, they got the hot wife, they got the handsome husband, they got the well-behaved kids, he's got that great job, he drives a sports car on the weekends, just whatever it is, whatever box that you want to put this happy person in, by all means. But how many times have we heard, whether it be a celebrity or someone that we know, someone who has all their T's crossed, all their I's darted, uh, dotted, as sharp as a tack, bright beyond measure, and then you look at their life, and it's filled with strife, affairs, bitterness, anger, cheating, lying. We can be like that. We can put on the facade. It can be very easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, that guy, he has it all together, but I'm sure his, his home is a wreck. We're no different. We are no different because we're in a different income bracket. I think it's funny, like, we... We tend to, to, to have this sort of perspective on people who have a lot of money or who have a lot materially. And we sort of rationalize with ourselves, like, well, they have all this stuff. Like, how come they're not happy? But I think we've been around long enough to know that materialistic possessions doesn't make anybody happy. It'll be happy for it. it it'll make you happy for a short amount of time. But in the long run, they're going to go back to being hopeless. Brothers and sisters, we're gonna run across these people throughout the holidays. Humility, love, patience, kindness, have that be a part of your Thanksgiving holiday. Have that be a part of your holiday coming up as we end out the year 2020. And not just right now, because it's gonna be very easy to do it right now because everyone else is doing it. You know, the, hey, spread the joy, joy to all, you know, joy to all humanity and peace on earth and everything else that goes with it. That's great. We should push that. We should encourage that. All the way to the cows come home. But what about January 1st? What about January 2nd? What about on a random Thursday in April when you know someone, you know someone who's hurting, you know someone who needs this good news? 
what are you going to do? Are you going to sit back? You're going to say, oh, I don't know what I have to offer. I mean, it's just me, you know. You don't have any authority. Jesus has all the authority. That alone should give you the confidence to open up your mouth, to speak up. And again, not to speak up in a self-righteous way, but to speak up in a way that is loving, that is kind, and that's full of humility. Brothers and sisters, I love you guys a lot. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to end out here in a word of prayer, and then I have a couple of announcements on where we will go from here. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you, to pray, uh, to give our hearts to you. God, we know that with the holiday season coming up, it's going to be very easy uh, for us to give in some cases because everyone is festive and they get caught up in uh, in the spirit of the holidays. And that's great. God, I, I think that's that's great. We, we should really encourage that and advertise that to the world. But God, when the holidays wind down, it's going to be very easy for us to get back into our routine. Whatever that routine is. But God, I pray that as we do that, that we will consider this passage in Matthew 28. That we can be encouraged by this passage in Matthew 28. You're calling us to go. You're calling us to go and make disciples of all nations, of everybody. No division here. doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter who you are. This message is for everybody. God, you have made this message accessible to everybody, to the person listening to this right now. You have made this message accessible to them. God, help us to be grateful for that, to understand the opportunity we have when we share our life because God you change lives you change hearts you have the authority to do that we have no authority to do that at all help us to remember that help us to have you to have your word on our hearts to be filled with thanksgiving even though and I know there's some people here listening to this right now they may not, you know they may not be doing the best there may be job loss, life loss, marriages lost. There's, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of suffering for someone who's listening to this right now. God, I pray. No, God, I beg of you, please fill these people up with your love. Help them to know in their hearts and understand that you will always be with them to the very end of the age. All they have to do is just open up their mouth about you. All they have to do is just share the good news. That's all they have to do. And you will be with them to the end of the age. God, help us to remember that. Not only for the holiday season, but in the year to come. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so that's it for today's lesson. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Hug your family members if you can. I know with the COVID restrictions, you may feel a little apprehensive in doing that. I get it, but express your love. Express your joy. If you're struggling with the fact that you can't hug your family members, maybe take this opportunity to work on your writing. Work on a way of expressing yourself. Try to put some effort into expressing how much you love the people around you. It could be family members, it could be friends, whoever is important to you, 
express it to them. Share your heart. If there's anything that we've learned this year is that we need to speak up when given the opportunity. We just can't little we, we can't let moments like this sort of pass by and have us just not acknowledge or have us just not say anything. If someone means something to you, if someone encouraged you in some way, tell them. It's going to make their day. It really is going to make their day. What we're going to do going forward with this show is I'll be back next week with another lesson. You can go ahead and send me an email. Uh, the email address, again, is TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. That's Tuesday with Thomas at gmail.com. This is, again, a 100% discreet prayer list. It's, it's only going to be between me and the Lord God Almighty. Uh, but also, if you want to use the email to ask any questions, maybe seek some advice, you can go ahead and do that. I did receive a couple of those um, last week, uh, and I answered one of them here on the air. So uh, it is a prayer list, yes, but also if you have any questions or any sort of insights, uh, I would love to hear them. Also, what I want to roll out next year is I want um, I want this to be an interactive show. So for those of you listening, if you want to reach out to me on Anchor or reach out to me via email, I want to be able to have spiritual conversations uh, with people here uh, just on, on, on a variety of different topics about your relationship with God, maybe about baptism. Maybe we can do an episode on that. But I, I want us to be interactive here as brothers and sisters and have this be a safe and open forum for you guys to express any sort of, of, uh, of joy, maybe some sort of, uh, of, of anger, whatever it is. You know, whatever is on your heart, uh, feel free to reach out to me and then maybe we can hook up here on the app and and hash it out and, and, you know, pray for each other. And, uh, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. I, I don't have anything figured out. I just happen to have a great resource in God's word. And there's a lot of people who don't even have that. And we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all, we're all just trying to do the best that we can to love God. So this is a non-judge-free, uh, this is a, a no-judgment zone. So if you feel compelled to want to get involved in that way, we're going to roll that out next year. Uh, so just keep keep that in mind as we move forward. I love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I will talk to you next week. Godspeed.